Hey everybody, Dr. Amy Spolster here. We're going to be talking about avoidance, avoidance behaviors um, when it comes to kids and, and adults, but today we're going to specifically talk a little bit more about kids. So first of all, when we see kids avoiding things, whether it's something hard, whether it's like a social interaction or a um, academic um, demand, like hey, we're teaching them to do a new skill, whether it's a physical thing, you know, we're teaching them to try a new thing, um, to try a more advanced skill in a sport, or anything new, um, you know, we have to remember that avoidance is going to be normal. Like, we're going to see, and depending on the personality, when you have a higher demand, even if we have the tools to meet that demand, the first thing is is usually going to be some apprehension. Now, the real question and, and what we have to do is we have to be able to watch and wonder and say how much apprehension, and of course it depends on their personality and who they are as individuals, but and how much avoidance or do we see avoidance when it comes to a new demand? So, for example, if I'm asking a child to skip, and they avoid by, or maybe at first they're just a little bit nervous, they don't really know what it is, and we show them how to do it, and they're not quite super coordinated with it, but they're trying it, and they aren't really aware that they're, you know, not super coordinated at it, but they're trying it, and it's fun. That's a typical kind of presentation of, hey, I might not totally have the skills to master this yet, but I'm not, and I might be a little apprehensive, and then I kind of play with it, and I do it because I feel safe, and I, I don't feel, like, insecure in this, in my ability to move my body. But in another scenario, if I ask a, a child to, like, skip or do a gross motor, like, frog jump or something like that, and they just really don't have the tools to meet that demand, what you might see, and you see this with what we call more of those deep diver kids who have maybe some higher skills um, or different skills in different areas of cognition and learning. In this scenario, where we're talking about the demand being more gross motor movement based. What you might see is they might deflect. They're going to avoid. I don't want to do that. I don't like that. That's dumb. Um, let me tell you a story. Let me show you a trick. Let me do something else that's not actually doing that task. This is avoidance. And, and then you might see something opposite. So that's one way to avoid. You might also see avoidance in the form of just an outright like defiance, like refusal. I'm not doing it. Throwing things. The more the demand is pushed, the more the avoidance escalates. So at first you might see just this try to do this work around or deflect or tell stories or be silly or be funny depending on the tools that this individual has, depending on their developmental trajectory and de depending on um, their personality, right? And so all of those things are a factor. But the real, the real thing that we have to be able to look at is, is the avoidance happening when we increase demand? Is the avoidance something that's short term, and then they come around and and then they do try it, um, and they and they start to engage in it and try to develop those tools to meet that demand? Or is the avoidance a deflective strategy? that is where they're digging in and where they're living. If that's the case, then we need to understand the demand may actually need to be lowered. We may actually need to go, hey, this kid is not quite there yet in the ability to do this gross motor and cross body game. We might need to lower the demand and play games to fill those gaps of 
laying on our tummy and doing some crawling or laying on our tummy and doing some log rolling. So we may need to, even if it's a 14-year-old or a 12-year-old or a 6-year-old or whoever, that you would think by chronological age they should be able to do this. They may not be there yet and it would be inappropriate and could create bigger problems if we continue to force the demand. And so we need to know from a parenting standpoint, from a mentoring standpoint, and from a clinical standpoint, we need to know how to change the games, change the demand, change the ask for these kids to be able to specifically fill the gap. And we need to look at that avoidance strategy. Is it a short-term avoidance, which would be totally normal? What does the avoidance look like? What are they doing to avoid? Are they being defiant? Is it look like a behavior? Are they um, telling lies? Are they completely shutting down and like looking like they're you know, just totally checked out? Are they not making eye contact? Are they doing something silly? What are they doing? That tells us a lot about what their primary tools are, which tells us a lot about where they are in development. What are they not doing? And do are they continuing on that for an extended period of time? Like, you know, even after 10 times or 15 times over a period of time of trying to do that demand or over a month, we're not getting there, but the avoidance is getting bigger and bigger and the it's turning into more of a deflection. Um, then we need to really look at where are the gaps and what can we do to help fill that gap. That's really, really important and so often missed because what we do instead clinically and educationally um, and parenting-wise is we look at the deficit. We look at, oh, we can't, we're not able to do this, let's say, cross-body skill, so let's practice the cross-body skill. Maybe that's appropriate, but maybe it's absolutely inappropriate and could create bigger problems. We need to change the demand. You know, the same thing goes for introducing reading. The same thing goes for introducing any concept, socialization, academic demand. If the demand is too great, we have to be able to look at the avoidance and what the avoidance strategy is to know and then understand the hierarchies of development to know how to modify that or we could be creating bigger challenges and lifelong challenges. So the first thing is understanding avoidance is a form of communication. We need to be able to watch and wonder and know what does this avoidance strategy tell us about what tools this child is using and maybe isn't using and what are they trying to deflect from.